risk takers. So there's an anxiety and, and you know what you're training for. Your positive, positive, positive imprint. 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 Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Hello, this is Catherine, host of Your Positive Imprint, the variety show featuring people all over the world whose positive actions are inspiring positive achievements. Exceptional people rise to the challenge. Music by the talented Chris Knoll. ChrisKnoll.com. C-H-R-I-S-N-O-L-E. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram, Your Positive Imprint. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Sign up for email updates from my website, YourPositiveImprint.com. Listen to my podcast from my website or any podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or your favorite podcast platform. And thanks for listening. Your Positive Imprint. What's your P.I.? Piano intro is 92-year-old Milton Herman. Milton was born in 1929 during the era deemed as the Great Depression. This is part two with Air Force singing pilot and instructor Milton Herman. Mary, Milton's wife, who was heard here on this episode, passed away recently. This episode is, of course, dedicated to Mary. Michelle Herman is also here with her parents. When I was going to college at New Mexico Highlands University, I took a lot of music, and we'd sit on the stairs there, and almost everybody there would talk about, oh, gosh, I'd like to get a job teaching music. But many of them would say, gee, you know, I would love to give a concert at Carnegie Hall. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I didn't even know what Carnegie Hall was. I'm probably the only one from Las Vegas that's ever given a program on Carnegie Hall. We got invited because I was part of the West Point Glee Club, because I was interested in music, to give a concert at Carnegie Hall, 54, I think, 1954. Well, that was with a chorus. We might have had a piano accompaniment. And because Jackie Gleason was probably on a TV show, one of the primary early TV shows. And why were you the on the Jackie Gleason show? The West Point Glee Club was just sort of famous and known, and they invited us, and military people at West Point allowed us to do it, so we went. <laughs> so how long were you in the West Point Glee Club? All four years. I was able to get in it when I was a freshman, but we were called plebes. In, in Greek armies, that was the lowest ranking soldier, I guess, and they had to do everything. <laughs> so that's just was the slang name. We were actually freshmen. We were on the Ed Sullivan show. Same thing. It was your Glee yeah, Club? Yeah, it was all four years. It was the same thing. He invited the chorus to sing, and we sang a couple of numbers. In the early days of TV, those were the prime shows. Yeah, and everybody they, wanted to get on the Ed Sullivan had show. All of the main entertainers, which I suspect, I don't know, either performed for free 
or a very small fee That's what I in suspect. order to be Just seen to and it. heard by the American public outside of Carnegie Hall. And so early TV was incredible. The Jackie Gleason show had every name entertainer, like Ed Sullivan, every name entertainer in the world. Yeah, and I never thought to tell my folks about any of those. Usually we only had a few weeks' notice anyway, but I knew they couldn't attend, and I didn't even know if they had TV themselves. I had TV so I never told my folks about any of those. But I know some people probably saw me because I have a friend, and he tells me, I was there sitting with my friends, and I look, there's Mill Turman from Las Vegas. <laughs> 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 that time when you were, um, you all had to get up in your dress whites to go to the parade? That was for the inauguration parade for Eisenhower. Eisenhower. We were 2,400 strong at that time, so that I think they took half of us, maybe just a quarter of us. Anyway, I was in part of the group where we were part of the inauguration parade. So we took our whites and we wore the top part while we were being transported by bus. And then we stopped as we were getting to New York or in New York City, got out and changed pants from the grays <laughs> to the whites. So, and then we stood up on the bus so we wouldn't so crease them. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And Harley, I don't think hardly anybody even knew that or noticed it so that they oh, would, yes. would still be starched and looking sharp during right. the parade. Yeah. Oh, then we could sit down after the parade was over. <laughs> <laughs> and on that same occasion, uh, I was in the Glee Club then, and we had a, there were eight parties for the Eisenhower inauguration, and all of them were held in big areas. I got to go to one of them where we, our Glee Club was there, and we sang a couple of songs when Eisenhower came in with his wife. We sang a song, Once in Love with Amy, because that was her Slang name? Mamie. Mamie. Once in Love the, with Mamie. The most popular song of the day was a song called Once in Love with Amy. Once in Love with Amy. Yeah, and we changed it to Mamie. Always in Love with Amy. So and when she and I... song using Mrs. Eisenhower's name, which was Mamie. Yeah, Mamie. Ah. So when they came in, we sang that song, which we heard because we couldn't tell a great big auditorium. It was like being in a double gym, like being in the pit. That's how big the room was. So when I came through there, well, then we sang that, that song plus a couple of others. Did you feel anything or was it just... just a little bit of excitement. So but, it was uh, exciting. In a way, it was a, a pain in the butt, too. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because that, that's sort of hard work and it's sort of hot. And then we got to actually do what we're doing all the time, which is march and keep order. And then we want to be perfect and the rifles and, you know, so it, it's a chore, even though it's sort of fun, but it was yeah, also a chore. So you're all trying to be in unison. No creased pants. I think yeah, that is the hilarious. Pants were, didn't, want them, didn't want them wrinkled. <laughs> now, most of us thought that was really silly. What? Who's they the, were going to march in a parade. Who's going to see us? Well, just the people that are around there. I'm uh, going to look for cr cr crinkled pants now. <laughs> we did walk in front of uh, Eisenhower in his reviewing stand, but I bet you he wouldn't even have noticed it either, even though he was a West Pointer. <laughs> so Michelle had been going through some of your things, and she found this album of when you were singing, and you were a civilian singer? As well I was as in, in the, military? the military, but I was singing in a civilian chorus. Okay, and how did you get to Vienna to because sing? Because this civilian put on, which I was part of, whenever they had a concert, usually I could be there, because I was also in the military, so I might not have been there, but I was able to be there. 
So we gave concerts different places and started charging for it to make $150,000 to pay for airline tickets to go to Vienna. That's what it cost at that time to send about 100 of us to Vienna. Wow. And we had a lady that was a very good pianist that was that served with the chorus was our accompanist. Our director was named Hesch. Uh, they were just pretty good leaders and had enough, uh, had enough people that knew German and maybe had lived in Germany that they made arrangements and got places for us to stay on the trip and got us on the airplane and got that us off of it. That had to have been a wonderful experience. It was. It was a great trip. Every place we went, we gave concerts or did a parade. In that course, we happened to have one member that was an actual Indian chief at one of the Indian tribes in Arizona, and he went with us, and he dressed in his Indian garb. So every place we went, he was usually in that Indian garb, so he was a hero every place we stopped. When we'd go eat somewhere, there's nothing else for us to do, so usually after we ate, we almost always gave a two- or three-song concert at wherever we were eating. Oh, so, that's And fun. so therefore, we knew the music really very well. And what types of songs did you sing? For that fiesta there in Vienna, we sang a German song, which I was told, because I didn't know German, that it was about uh, the memories of being back in your home country during war. Oh, that's And so sad. it turned out, uh, when that concert went on and we sang that last, the audience all started crying. I'm and we sure. could see it. Before you know it, all of us were crying because of the emotional impact. Everyone in the audience started crying and everyone singing started crying. And I happened to just look through a stack yes. of albums and I pull out the album from his Glee Club. And on the back of the album is the description of how they all went to Vienna, Austria, and the whole audience was in tears. Yeah, that was the big, one of the biggest auditoriums in Vienna, Austria. Yeah. So there must have been a couple of thousand people in that concert. We were a fantastic hit. We got written up in newspapers. We did make a record of some of those, yeah, that's I the think one of Michelle those songs, had said. Yeah, which I think I have a copy of that record. I listened to it maybe once or twice when I first got it, but I don't think I've listened to it since. And that was in 1958 or 59, quite a while back. I probably couldn't sing any of those songs again, but I'm sure I'd remember. So I do remember the Schoenberg Palace. There's a famous palace in Austria. We got a tour of that, so we got to see one of the rooms, which was plated in gold. During the war, they had stripped all that and hid it in some mines and caves. But when we were there, they'd put it all back in that room again. Oh, that's so cool. I've been in a gold-plated room. Well, you have done some wonderful, amazing activities in your long, yeah. wonderful life. I agree. Yes, yes. And uh, it, it has, this has really been thrilling. Are you going to sing us a song? No. No. <laughs> My favorite song, if I did do that, is God Bless America. Yeah. Now, when I was younger, I wouldn't do any of that kind of stuff. And then as I got older, I was more willing to sing solo yeah. I don't have a, a fantastic 40s. voice, but I have a good voice because I've been complimented very nice lots voice. of times that you have a nice voice. So, but I wasn't interested much in opera and that kind of stuff. So when I took voice lessons, it was mostly for the choruses. In Saigon, I wanted to hear music, so I happened to buy a set of speakers and a tape recorder. And I played some tapes of some of these things when I was in Vietnam. We sent tapes back and forth. I'm sure your mom and dad must have done that. And tapes. we did uh, audio tapes. We had letters, but we had audio tapes also. I would tape over his and he would tape over mine, which is a shame. Just I didn't. still have a couple of those tapes stuck you? in a box someplace. <laughs> you would. Uh, well, actually, you know I what? Can. When you did break out in song, you know, have you ever gone to the movie theater here on Portland Air Force Base? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if they still do oh, it. Oh, I but would do that. Back in the day, 
It used to be a tradition, so they would sing the Star Spangled Banner before in the, movie the movie, right? Uh, I did it a couple of times when it really wasn't a tradition, but it was okay. But it just embarrassed, embarrassed Michelle. Uh, Everyone had to stand up <laughs> when it was played, and he was the only one in the theater with a booming voice singing the Star Spangled yeah. Banner. And we were crawling under the seats. Yeah. We were horrified were so of embarrassment. At the end, every time, people clapped. Oh, say can you see <laughs> by the dawn's early light? So I just burst it out and sang that. Well, and that is such a wonderful place to end right here is... May as well. With your absolute wonderful voice and your services and obviously your absolute wonderful positive imprints. Thank you again, Mill. Oh, you're welcome. Listen to part one, episode 174, oh my gosh, with Milton Herman as he shares interesting historical perspectives during the World War II era, along with, of course, his experiences during different wars in his lifetime as an instructional Air Force pilot, a singing pilot for that matter. And thank you listeners again for entering the contest last week and for sending me feedback on the types of episodes you'd like to hear coming up soon. You want to hear about climate change. So next week, climate change. And don't forget, my shop is opened. Check it out, yourpositiveimprint.com, and go shopping. Lots of new merchandise. And I am having another contest. I am having a contest for a design-your-own hat, t-shirt, sweatshirt, or hoodie, and enter the contest. Start thinking about that design as I will bring you the information next week on how to enter and where to go in order to enter this contest. If you win, of course, <laughs> you receive your design for free on your hat, sweatshirt, hoodie, or t-shirt, and it will be featured on my shop. Well, I would love to have you enter. Start thinking about that design, climate change, next week. Your positive imprint. What's your P.I.?